you're listening to the Gospel Project for Preschooling Kids Weekly Leader Training, helping you teach your kids the big story of the Bible. On this episode, we discuss Unit 31, Session 3, Jesus is Better. So this week in this session, we are jumping from Acts as we've been doing our rhythm through Acts as we spend two, maybe three weeks in Acts, and then we jump to some of the epistles. Again, we're, we're doing that on purpose. One, it, it breaks up uh, the, the epistles. If we were to do all Acts together, it's great narrative. Then you get to the epistles, and it's, it can be challenging for us as leaders. It can be challenging for kids to hear letter after letter. Yeah. But also, this has given us the opportunity to kind of find um, epistles that address some of the things we've been seeing in Acts. So as the church is growing and expanding and dealing with things, it's helpful, I think, for our kids to see what the New Testament later says about that. So this session is one of those. We're looking at Hebrews 1 through 8, a large swath. And of course, we're not covering everything. We're, we're hitting some big ideas. Uh, although for you as leaders, I would encourage you, try to find time this week to read all of Hebrews 1 through 8. Actually, keep going. Read through the rest of the book to have the context. I think that's always helpful. But at least focus on what is in the Bible story content itself that you can find in your leader guides and so forth. But the big idea that we're seeing here in this section of Hebrews is that Jesus is better than what was provided in the Old Testament. So the the point of Hebrews is it was written by an unknown author. We, we don't quite know who it is. Uh, some people believe it was Paul. Others think Apollos. Um, some other theories float around out there. It's one of the few books that we really can identify the author. But whoever it was wrote to uh, Jewish believers, it seems, who were struggling to stay faithful. Some thinks it, think it was some of the priests who had come to faith in Christ, and they wanted to go back. Others think it was just Jewish believers in general. Others have a little bit different view. I, I kind of think it makes sense that it's Jewish believers at least who seem like they want to give up and go back. And and so the author who is writing to these believers who probably were being persecuted to some degree from other Jews. And when we think of persecution, we normally think of Roman persecution. That didn't happen first. The first persecution we, we've seen with Stephen and, and his martyrdom, for example. James was martyred by the Jews because of their anxiety of this church proclaiming what they believe to be a second God, Jesus as God. They thought this is you know, this is not uh, uh, you know, what we're about. We're about one God, and you Christians are talking about two, not understanding the Trinity. Um, and so they started resisting. And some persecution was arrest and martyrdom, as we've seen, but also it could have been in various forms of ostracizing believers in the Jewish community, uh, re- refusing to let them... Uh, partake in business with you, for example. So it seems like these early Jewish believers are facing that kind of persecution, and they're wavering. They're thinking about going back to Judaism. And basically, the writer's argument is this then. Why would you do that? Why would you go back to that which is inferior rather than stay with that which is superior? And that does not mean the Old Testament is bad by inferior. That just means it wasn't complete. Uh, completeness, fullness is found in Christ. The Old Testament pointed toward him. And so that's the argument that the writer makes. And so in many ways, you can see this book as a commentary of Leviticus. 
And so the writer says, hey, Jesus is the better high priest. Do you want to talk about priests? Old Testament priests were good. Jesus is better. Hey, you want to talk about the old covenant? That was good. But Jesus provides a better covenant. You want to talk about sacrifices? Those were good. Those were important. But you want to talk about a better sacrifice? The sacrifice to end all sacrifices? Jesus is better. He's the better sacrifice. And you want to talk about the temple? Got news for you. Jesus is better than the temple because the temple pointed to him. So those are the arguments that are being made through these chap- early chapters in Hebrews. And again, it connects to what we've seen in Acts as the early church is struggling to come to an understanding of what Christian faith is all about. So this session, we have the opportunity to remind our kids of this big truth that Jesus is better. All right. I just said a lot. (laughs) You said a lot of good stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you think about Hebrews, you typically don't think about that being a book that you deal with in kids ministry a whole lot, particularly in preschool in particular. But I just feel like a kid can really understand the idea that Jesus is better than everything else. And I think we just really hung our hat on that in this session. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and I think uh, you guys, the content editors, have done a great job of crafting the story and the messages to connect really easy with that big idea. So Mm -hmm. looking at the toddlers and preschool content, is there anything that is of note, uh, anything we need extra caution or prep time to be aware of? Yeah, there really wasn't much of anything that wasn't pretty straightforward. I did notice in the toddlers... um, activities, they're going to be looking at books about heroes. Again, sometimes you don't have a lot of books handy, but you're looking for books about like firefighters, police officers, doctors, or even like some historical figures would be good to have on hand. But that's pretty much it. It's a really straightforward session. Well, it's good because if we're stressing somebody about studying Hebrews with preschoolers, we have at least made all the activities easy for them. Yes. Um, For the kids, there's just two things. The first one is in the missions time, we talk about Philly cheesesteak. And I'm sorry, every time I edited one of these and did my read on it, I would get hungry. And, (laughs) you know, being nowhere near Philly, I would get sad because I want a Philly cheesesteak. So I'm just going to warn my friends out there, just brace yourself for hunger. Well, in preschool, Brian, we are eating sandwiches. So, But is it a Philly cheesesteak? I think we put the option just to make a sandwich. Just, you know, unless you're in Philly, you've got to eat a Philly cheesesteak. I, I mean, there's lots of places to get it. So Yeah, but it's nowhere near as good. It's the, the accent, for some reason, you just can't get something as good as the real thing in Philly. Just like I've New York pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, there's something different. I've heard, like, pizza in, in New York, rather, is so unique because of the water. The water has the New York City water that they use to make the dough, and that Mm -hmm. carries over the flavoring of... So I've heard that there's reasons that what you can get, it's local, and that's why it always tastes different outside. That's fascinating. Yeah. So Philly cheesesteaks, I've been to Philly several times. It's one of my favorite cities to visit, um, and their cheesesteak, there are several places, of course, that are of... Of value, but anyway, any, so somebody <laughs> listening to me right now is probably like, "Yeah, Brian, I, I get that. I'm getting hungry right now. Thank you. Stop talking about it. So let's move on." Um, the the other thing, uh, the more serious thing, is that there's an activity in the Older Kids Leader Guide called the Better Thing. It's a great activity where we suggest that you wrap up some small gifts, and then kids can have the opportunity to open a gift or choose a gift somebody else has taken. It's kind of we do these at Christmas sometimes, a white elephant gift exchange or. Um, Dirty Santa, I think some people call it, uh, that idea of you can take somebody else's gift. And the idea is, is the better thing, and, and it's, a, it's a great opportunity for us to discuss those things. 
However, I would say this, if you have a group that it's either the size, you could not afford to do these, even getting small things for your kids, or just your finances don't allow for that, I think you can still do this one with a little bit of creativity. I, I was thinking, you know, you could always print out pictures, go on, online and find some things your kids would be interested in, game systems or whatever, candy bars, you know, just choose different things and take have pictures of those, print out pictures and put those in, in bags or fold them or whatever and just have the same experience with your kids opening one of those and then choosing which gift would they like to have in theory, making sure you say you're not getting this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you, I think so. I think there is a way if if you're if you're concerned that you can't simply afford or it would be unwise or whatever you can't get those small gifts. I think that you have another opportunity to use that activity. Or of course, you can always choose the the other activity suggestion. Yeah. All right. So, what are we excited about God potentially doing through this session, Karen? Why don't you share first from your perspective? Yeah, well, I, I actually jotted down Hebrews four fifteen through 16, and it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And just for me personally, that's one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. And I would hope for our kids that I just feel like, Learning to take your sin and weakness to Jesus is something that we are not good at as Christians. It's like we want to run and hide from him, you know, when we're messing up or, you know, whatever. And if they could learn that he understands, like Jesus understands what it's like to be tempted, and we can go to his throne boldly, you know, and ask for help. And to know that we'll be met there, you know, not with, you know, judgment and anger, but with like love and compassion. So, if, yeah, I just want kids to take their sin and weakness to Jesus and not try to like hide it or cover it up like we're so tempted to do. Yeah, that's really true. And I think, Karen, this is an area where I think kids might actually do better than us as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for some, uh, many of them, not all of them, I think may be more prone to admit when they goof and uh, the, the pride maybe hasn't developed as much. But yeah, we adults especially struggle with this. Not me, of course. I have no problem ever. <laughs> Just ask my wife. No problem at all. <laughs> I'm stepping aside for lightning bolts coming no down right comment. now. Yeah, exactly. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So um, the, the thing that I am really looking forward to God potentially doing through this session is, um, you know, when it, when it comes to our kids, I don't think many are weighing following Jesus versus other religions, kind of like the... Uh, recipients of this letter were doing originally, uh, weighing, staying with Christianity or reverting to Judaism. I I don't think many of our kids will connect with that, although some might, uh, especially if we have kids who come from uh, mixed faith homes or or something like that. But I do know that most, if not all of our kids will be weighing Jesus against other things, such as sports, grades, friends, games, things, you, you name it. And so I think this week we have this opportunity to remind them when we say Jesus is better, well, when scripture does, it's not just he's better than the Old Testament and he's better than the old way to worship him. Jesus is better, period, um, across the board. And so we can take this principle and we can apply it in many different ways. 
of saying, you know, the original right or the original recipients, they needed to know that Jesus was the better way to worship, but Jesus is the better way to live, period. And for our kids to know there's nothing wrong with loving sports. There's nothing wrong with loving, you know, wanting good grades and so forth, but that's not where we get the most satisfaction, joy, meaning, and purpose uh, that will not satisfy ultimately like Jesus does. So for us to uh, encourage our kids and our preschoolers that Jesus is better, uh, get that in our minds, get that deep down into our hearts and, and fight to live that truth in day-to-day living. And you'll experience what you long to experience, an abundant, joyful life of being used by God for his glory. So Jesus is better. Good word this week. All right, Karen, thank you as always for kicking this around. Let's wrap it up there. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode of this podcast. We hope that you have found it helpful as you prepare to teach the Gospel Project for kids and preschool. And for more helpful resources, visit gospelproject.com. Mm-hmm.